0: Well, hello there, and welcome back to Capital Yarns, the podcast. My name's Sean Costello, and I'm back with another yarn set in Canberra. If you're not familiar with the Capital Yarns, the the concept of the site and the book and the zines and the podcast now, it's quite simple. People nominate three items, any three items they like for me, and then I uh, commit to writing them a bespoke, tailored short story set in Canberra just for them. And today's yarn is no different. It was requested by Liz, who asked for three unique and interesting items drop bears, a mythical or perhaps actual creature native to Canberra, a deck of cards, of playing cards, and Mount Ainslie, one of the most prominent peaks here in the nation's capital. Had a lot of fun with this one. I've I've deliberately saved this one up to this time of year. Uh, We're only one week away from Canberra Day, the 12th of March. Also my wedding anniversary for people that thought I wasn't Canberra enough. Uh, And this yarn certainly features a bit of the excitement of Canberra Day. Lots happening in the capital. I'll talk about a little bit of that after the yarn as well. Very excitingly, Peter Hewiston, my friend, returns. He of the great Dulcet Radio Tones, a, a radio veteran, and has a unique ability to bring my characters to life in such a vibrant way. It's really exciting to have him back. So he'll be narrating the yarn this week, and it's called Beware of Hairy Canberrans, something to keep in mind if you're out celebrating a wonderful March and Canberra Day here in Canberra. Hope you enjoy it.
1: George and Sally had just finished their ghost tour with a slightly unusual but very entertaining Canberran named Tim. Tim the Yowie Man, to be exact. Despite his unusual name, the tour had been fantastic. They were both still shaken up by the spooky nature of the tour. Do you think we're doing the right thing about tonight? George whispered. I don't know, Sally grimaced. Why don't we thank Tim and then just think about it some more? They wandered up to say hello to Tim, but both were thinking that perhaps they should get some advice from a local about their decision. G'day folks, how'd you find that? asked Tim, dressed in what Sally and George assumed to be traditional Australian safari wear. Sally and George glanced at one another. "'Well, I found it smashing, to be honest,' George began. Sally nodded. "'Yeah, me too.' "'Are those pommy accents I detect?' Tim replied. "'Let me try and guess. I'd say somewhere in the north. Leeds?' George and Sally smiled. Plenty of Australians during their one-month stay predicted that they were from the UK. So far, they had been placed as far west as Belfast, as far north as the Isle of Skye, and most just guessed they were from London. One barman in Alice Springs thought they were Dutch, although he may have been pulling their proverbial leaks. Australians seemed to do a lot of that, and they were both having trouble determining when the locals were being serious. Not bad," Sally replied. We are northerners. I'm from York and George is from Bradford. Not far from Leeds. We live in Liverpool now. Well, I'm a crypto-naturalist and that's a study of strange and hidden phenomena and there are few things stranger than the north of England. The three had a chuckle at that. So what are your plans for the rest of the night? Staying somewhere nice? The tourists again exchanged glances. This time Sally spoke. "'Actually, we're camping.' "'Camping? Oh, I love camping,' Tim replied. "'I know some great spots. Are you set up?' "'Well, actually, yes,' George began. "'We are, um, Mount Ainsley?' "'Tim screwed up his face. "'Are we not allowed up there?' Sally asked, she nudged George. "'I told you we should check.' "'Well, no, not really, but it is a great spot, "'and the views are wonderful.' And today's Canberra Day, the annual celebration of our city, so you'll probably see the fireworks later. Both tourists nodded enthusiastically. But it is a notorious spot for drop bears. Tim paused for a moment to consider the issue further, stroking his chin as he did so. Although around March they do tend to be dormant, so you should be all right. Though the fireworks can wake them up. You could watch the fireworks and then drive out to the cotter. George and Sally both laughed out loud. Have well, ever heard about your drop bears? Our guidebook is full of warnings about your mythical creatures, Sally began. Yeah, the book suggested every Australian will wow us with their tales of them. You're the first to mention them, though, George added. Tim's face was the very picture of seriousness in response. He stared intently into Sally's eyes and then George's. My word, as a crypto-naturalist, I can assure you that drop bears are very much real. I've only seen them up on the mountain a couple of times. They're like a big koala, but with larger teeth, orange fur, and they tend to be more active at night. Both English tourists looked back at him sceptically. Fine, don't believe me, Tim replied. But look, your guidebooks don't know everything, particularly about the native flora and fauna of this area. There are new discoveries to be made and science has been wrong in the past. Do me a favour, keep your eyes on the track and whatever you do, if you see any drop bears, do not engage them in any sort of a game, particularly cards. And maybe put some forks in your hair or try and say g'day to another a few times tonight. That'll scare them off. George snorted out a laugh in response. Okay, Tim, look, thanks for the tour. It was great. Tim nodded. OK, I've got to be off too. Do you have any Vegemite? Sally screwed up her face at that. Ugh, I hate the stuff. Tim nodded and glanced at the two tourists. His face said it all. He believed they were in for a bad night. Nice meeting you both. Good luck. The tourists waved goodbye and walked back towards their rental car. Let's grab some tea and head back to the campsite. George suggested. Shall we pick up a deck of cards? Sally replied, smiling. They both laughed out loud at that. Later that night, the two were entwined next to the campfire, enjoying its warmth and glow. Away to the right, they could see the twinkling lights of Canberra. The sight of Anzac Parade all lit up and leading like a runway towards Parliament House was particularly magnificent. They could hear the slight murmur of cars parking further up the hill from them, but they seemed to have found a spot that was relatively quiet. Despite Tim's earlier warning, they both jumped when loud bangs began echoing around the surrounding hills. They looked down to discover that fireworks had commenced, and they had a spectacular view. Well, that was pretty impressive and unexpected, Sally said. Neither were wearing forks in their hair. George had tried a couple of times to speak to Sally in an Australian accent, but she made such fun of it that he had long given up. They had been chatting about home. When do you think we should head back, do you think? I think I'm starting to miss Liverpool. George started singing. Ferry cross the Mersey. Shh! Sally interrupted. Did you hear something? There was indeed a rustling in some bushes nearby. As the couple fell silent, it started getting louder, and the bush began to shake. After a moment, one small figure, then another, rolled out of the bush. "'G'day, folks,' the first began. "'How are you this fine evening?' It was fairly dark now, and the only light was from the campsite and the moon above. Sally and George squinted to make out the figures. "'Mind if we come and warm by a fire?' said the other." The two tourists exchanged glances, but before they could respond, the two approached and sat down across from them next to the fire. Involuntarily, both George and Sally rocked backwards at the shock of what they saw. Now lit by the firelight, across from them were the two creatures about the size of large dogs sitting cross-legged. One was slightly thinner and taller, with orange fur, large teeth protruding from his mouth, and strong-looking forearms he was dressed in a gray waistcoat, buttoned up at the front, and a pair of red jeans. The other had the same teeth and arms, but was shorter and stockier. He wore a white t-shirt with the words "I Heart Canberra" emblazoned on the front, and a pair of green stubby shorts. The tourist faces obviously revealed their shock because the taller one laughed. Yeah, in case you're wondering, we're what you'd probably call drop bears. I'm Jack, and this is Billy. The stockier one waved at them as Jack pointed in his direction. It took George a moment to collect his thoughts and his voice, but at last he spoke. His voice was slightly squeaky as he began. I'm George, and this is my girlfriend, Sully. Jack smiled. Nice to meet you both. What are you up to this fine evening? Sally thought she should speak, but she wasn't exactly sure what to say. What if she offended these creatures? They looked slightly fierce with their teeth and arms. And although they reminded her of koalas, she had always found them cute. Just enjoying the view, she offered. Well, began Billy, it is a beaut view, but it gets boring after a while. How about a game of cards? Sally's head was still lying on George's chest. She looked at him. Tim's warning ringing in her ears but before she could catch his eye George spoke Um, sure, sounds good but we don't have any cards That's all right, Jack replied smiling I do and he produced a deck of cards from the pocket of his waistcoat What shall we play, George asked trying not to make eye contact with Sally who was shooting daggers with her eyes Porker? I quite like Texas Hold'em. Jack shook his head. Not a big fan of that American shit, to be honest. How about Oh Hell? Or we can play in pairs. Five hundred. Sally sat up, forgetting for a moment her previous concerns. Five hundred. I love five hundred. She had spent her childhood playing with her grandmother and cousins. Great, Billy replied. So the four began to play. The two bears weren't bad at the game. But George and Sally got on a winning roll almost immediately, winning the first three games straight. At one point, Jack produced a large bottle of Bundaberg rum from his pocket. George had fetched a bottle of Clonkiller Riesling from their bag, and the four had shared the booze around. You're too good for us, Sal, Billy mumbled. He sounded slightly drunk. Sally wasn't surprised. He'd drunk quite a bit and really was a small fellow. Let's make it more interesting, he replied. How about Strip 500? That's a great game, he said, slurring his words. This time Sally did catch George's eyes. She wasn't sure about this at all. Come on, asked Billy. Don't you want to know what's under a drop bear's stubbies? He too sounded drunk and both bears let out a cackle of laughter. If you play, we'll tell you why we call drop bears, Jack concluded. George nodded. Curiosity and Australian rum was getting the better of it. Sure, I'm in. Sally shrugged her shoulders, trying to hide her anxiety, but before she could stop herself, she too was accepting. Why not? Excellent, Billy replied, and began to shuffle the cards. You'd better tell them about us while we play, Jack. You tell it better. Jack nodded. All right then, well... First off, we're not bears. We're related to the koala, so we're really a marsupial. There's lots of myths around us, like, for example, that we don't drop out of trees. As he spoke, the four started to play. We prefer to be called thigh plums, which is an abbreviation of our Latin name, Thalactos plumitus. Sally got the feeling that Jack was no longer slurring his words, although it was hard to say because she was feeling decidedly drunk herself. George had a red face and permanent smile. He appeared just as drunk too. It wasn't until halfway through the fifth hand that she became aware that the bears were winning. Both she and George had progressively been losing more and more clothes. She wrapped a blanket around herself to stay warm. After a few more hands, both tourists were down to their underpants. Next hand wins, Billy asked. It's going to have to be, added Jack. Our pommy friends haven't got any clothes left. Both bears let out another cackle of laughter. Sally tried to concentrate on the final hand, but it did no good. The bears won again. She had nothing left to take off, and neither did George. Jack clapped his hands together. Well, now you're about to find out why we call drop bears. Drop your undies and bear your bum. You've been drop bared.
0: Well, thank you, Peter. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. It was fantastic to hear that story come to life. Hopefully it put a bit of smile on your face. Big shout out to Tim the Yowie Man, who featured at the start of that yarn, crypto naturalist. He's a real live Canberran. He writes, records, tweets, talks, leads tours about Canberra. Uh, He does it all, lots and lots of amazing things. And you can find out lots more about the work Tim the Yowie does, Tim the Yowie Man does, at www.yowieman.com.au. Check him out and I highly recommend you do one of his tours. He's got some coming up as part of the Enlightenment Enlightenment Festival here in Canberra uh, and also as part of uh, the March celebrations for Canberra Day. Thanks also again to local band Hashimoto's for supplying the theme for Capital Yarns, the podcast. You can find out more more about them and listen to their stuff at Hashimoto.com. I should mention that, uh, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, there is a way of formats and means that you can listen to Capital Yarns or read Capital Yarns, apart from this podcast. One of those is a new zine format I have, which is an individual story available a little pocket two dollar version with all profits going to charity. There's a new one of those out just in time for Easter called the Canberra Easter Marathon. Good one for the kids hopefully. That's available at Harry Hartog in Woden, uh, at the National Library of Australia and at the Handmade Markets Shop in Canberra City. I'm running out of items I should also say guys. As I said at the start of the show I rely on people giving me three items so I can write them a bespoke story set in Canberra. I've only got one request left from my daughter, Jocelyn, who shouted it out from the back of the car over the December holiday period. So please drop me a line. Give me some inspiration. I'd love to hear from you. I'm at Capital Yarns on Twitter. Same on Facebook. You can email me me at info at capitalyarns.com.au. Or check out the website, capitalyarns.com.au, which also includes the, all the list of wonderful retailers around Canberra that stock Capital Yarns the book, which features uh, 30-odd stories from me with some amazing photography set in Canberra as well. For the Enlightened Festival, I've also for a very, very limited period, re-released one of the stories that features in the book, uh, which is set at the Enlightened Festival. If you check it out on the, uh, on the website, you'll see it. It's called The Dark Web. It's a little creepy. Uh, probably not one for the kids, but is set at the Enlightened Festival. And so just just for the uh, couple of weeks of the Enlightened Festival, I've re-released that one free of charge to read online. Uh, but if you want to see it in all its glory and also the fantastic uh, photo from Martin Holman that accompanies it of the amazing Enlightened Night Festival here in Canberra, then uh, grab the copy of Capital Yarn's the book, as I said, available at retailers all around the city. If you uh, want to do the face-to-face, person-to-person thing, I'd love to I'd love to meet you and say hello. I'll be around at Suitcase Rummage at New Acton uh, in the Canberra City on the 19th of March. That's a Saturday or at the awesome noted festival fair at Gorman House Markets on Sunday, the 20th of March. Now, if this is an evidence for all those Canberra bashers who say nothing ever happens in Canberra. Those are two wonderful events, amongst others, happening uh, around the capital that weekend uh, and throughout March. It really is such an exciting time in Canberra. The Balloon Festival is on. There's the uh, Canberra Day long weekend. There's... Um, a symphony happening in the park as part of those celebrations as well as usual Canberra Day fun for the kids. Uh, There's a beer festival coming up if that's what you're into. Honestly if you haven't been to Canberra this is the time of year to come. It all happens in March. I hope you get out there and enjoy some of those events. If you see me around say hello, request a yarn and if not I'll see you next time for the podcast. See you.